section twenty five of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter twenty part one the corvette and brig part company the former chases a suspicious sail captures a full slaver a dare in charge takes prize to bahia an important warning preparations for an attack anecdote of lieutenant wacy the tudor and supplejack had crossed the line and had got some way to the southward when a heavy gale came on such as is not often experienced in those latitudes it blew with especial fury during the night murray hove the corvette to and believed that jack would have done the same but when morning broke and the brig was nowhere to be seen from the deck of the corvette he could not help feeling somewhat anxious on the subject during the day the weather moderated and a lookout was kept for her from aloft two days passed however and she did not appear the wind was from the northeast and he hoped by a quick run to rio to have his anxiety soon brought to an end by finding that the supplejack had arrived before him morning had just dawned the breeze was fresh the tops of the seas sparkled in the rays of the rising sun when the lookout from aloft shouted a sail on the lee bow what is she asked adair who was officer of the watch a brig sir was the answer is she like the supplejack he inquired can't say sir she is anyhow running to the westward and the supplejack would be steering to the south you are right call the commander said adair to desmond the youngster had rejoined the ship at georgetown he himself then went aloft with his glass to have a look at the stranger by the time he came down murray was on deck she is certainly not the supplejack and as she is running in for some brazilian port far to the northward of rio she may possibly be a slaver we will overhaul her at all events said murray and the corvette bearing up in chase made all sail she could set the stranger did not at first discover that she was pursued and by the time that she did so the corvette had gained considerably on her she was then seen to be a large brigantine and by her square yards and white canvas lighted up by the rays of the sun murray was more than ever convinced that she was a slaver the chase had set all the sail she could carry and still kept well ahead of the corvette the weather as the day advanced gave signs of changing dark clouds gathered in the sky and squalls not very strong at first but sufficient to make the commander look with anxious eyes at his spars swept across the ocean the dark clouds as they rushed along changing the hitherto blue laughing waves to a leaden hue still the corvette persevered the crew were at their stations ready to shorten sail the moment it became absolutely necessary the eagerness of the chase to escape made it still more probable that she was a slaver she was dead before the wind carrying topgallant sails and royals and studding sails on either side a dark cloud passing over her threw her into shade on it went and once more the bright rays of the sun falling on her canvas brought her more clearly into view another squall swept by making the corvette's studding sail booms crack and bend as if they were about to break away from the braces 
hold on good sticks cried murray apostrophizing them the toughest spars will win the day the crew cast their eyes aloft fully expecting to see them carried away but they held on and the trim corvette went dashing forward amid the dancing seas which rose up foam-crested on either side hurrah exclaimed terence she is ours at that moment the squall had reached the chase and away flew her studding sails the booms breaking off at the irons still she held on her course the corvette was now rapidly gaining on her the attempt was made to rig another lower studding sail but that also was carried away almost as soon as set and in less than half an hour the corvette had got her well within range of her long guns but murray refrained from firing as long as he found that he was gaining on her it is useless to run the risk of injuring her spars he observed to adair she will haul down her colours when she finds that she has no hope of getting away those fellows are up to all sorts of dodges and will make every effort to escape said terence we will take in the studding sails at all events and be ready for him should he haul his wind said murray the light canvas was taken in with a rapidity which must have astonished the crew of the slaver just however as the operation was about to be commenced she had put her helm to port and braced her yards sharp up on the starboard tack but a couple of shot from the corvette one of which struck her starboard quarter showed her that she was too late and fearing that other iron missiles might overtake her she immediately hauled down her colours the corvette's topgallant sails and royals having been handed she also was brought to the wind and hove to on the weather-beam of the prize murray now directed adair to go on board the brigantine with a midshipman and ten hands and to carry her to rio unless from a scarcity of provisions or want of water he should find it necessary to put into bahia or any other neighbouring port on the brazilian coast adair and desmond were quickly ready with their carpet-bags as were snatchblock and nine other men with their bundles and the boat which had meantime been lowered pulled off for the prize although there was some sea on yet as she was low in the water she was easily boarded she proved to be the donna maria a noted brazilian slaver which had often before escaped capture according to murray's directions adair sent back the captain and officers and some of her ill-looking crew who were likely to prove troublesome if left in her he found that though only measuring a hundred and fifty tons she had nearly five hundred slaves on board stowed away as thick as they could be packed between decks having had a remarkably quick run from the coast of africa the captain informed him that he had not lost more than twenty people as he looked down the main hatchway the haggard countenances of the mass of human beings packed close together as desmond observed like herrings in a cask showed him that had the voyage continued much longer the number of deaths would have been greatly increased although there was food enough and water for the slaves either the crew had hove overboard some of their own provisions or had brought but a small supply so that adair found but a scant allowance for himself and his men he therefore sent on board the corvette for such articles as he thought would be required just as all arrangements had been completed and he had put the brigantine on her course he saw the corvette haul her wind and stand away to the eastward as she did so murray signalized that a strange sail which he hoped to overhaul had hove in sight in that direction a sufficient number of the slaver's crew had been kept on board to attend to the unfortunate blacks and carry them their provisions and water adair himself went round among them and endeavoured to make them understand that he was their friend 
and that as soon as possible they should be sent back to africa at first they looked on the englishmen with an expression of terror in their countenances many of them believing that they would be taken on shore to be killed and eaten or to be offered up to the white man's fetish fortunately one of the seamen who had been long on the coast could make himself understood by some of them and by his means and kind treatment terence succeeded at length in banishing their fears one of the brazilians also spoke a little english and so was able to act as interpreter pedro was a better-looking fellow than most of his companions and by the kind way he treated the blacks terence was inclined to trust him he declared that poverty alone and a wish to support his family had induced him to ship on board the slaver and that it was the last voyage he would ever make these countrymen of mine are great rascals he observed you take care what they do or they play you one great trick pedro then told adair that the brigantine was somewhat leaky and that it had been necessary to pump her out at every watch he at once ordered the well to be sounded and snatchblock reported two feet of water in the hold he accordingly ordered the pumps to be rigged and set some of his own people to work them pedro again came aft and assured him that he felt certain he could pick out a score of more of blacks who could be trusted on deck and that they would willingly take the duty glad to escape from the confinement of the hold we will try them said terence and in a short time pedro sent up the number he had mentioned all of them well-made stalwart negroes the scant clothing they wore exhibited however how much they had suffered by confinement even during their comparatively short run across the atlantic half of them quickly understanding what was required set to work with a will being relieved by their companions by their exertions the brigantine was at length almost freed from water during the night it had however again gained on the pumps and the weather coming on worse soon after daybreak terence judged it prudent to bear up for bahia he was thankful to believe that he would soon be in smooth water for the poor slaves suffered dreadfully by the way the vessel tumbled about in the heavy seas and several of the weak ones were found to have died during the night the brazilians hauled them out without the slightest exhibition of feeling and hove the bodies overboard as if they had been so many dead sheep the heat and effluvium which arose from below were almost unbearable the instant the hatches which had necessarily been closed during the night were taken off it was the first full slaver desmond had ever been aboard i have always heard the african coast abused but i can only say that i should be ready to go and serve there for the sake of catching some of these rascally slavers before they have had the opportunity of making the poor blacks suffer so horribly as they must do during the middle passage he exclaimed as he warmed with indignation at what he witnessed at last a short time before nightfall the brigantine entered the harbour of bahia which is easy of access and came to an anchor at some distance from the town scarcely had she brought up than the weather moderated and terence began to regret that he had not continued his course for rio still he hoped that murray judging by the weather would take it for granted that he had put in there and would come and look for him it was too late that evening to communicate with the authorities several boats however came alongside though as no officer appeared among the people in them adair would not allow any one to come on board with the exception of an official who was sent he said by the captain of the port to make inquiries about the vessel at last all the boats took their departure there was no moon though the stars shone forth brightly overhead reflected on the calm surface of the water it was rather dark all around where the brig lay here and there only distant lights glimmering from the shore the watch of which ben snatchblock 
had charge was set and adair and desmond retired into a small cabin on one side of the deck to take supper well i hope these poor fellows may be sent back safely to their homes said desmond i am afraid a good many more will die before they get there if they are not placed in some healthy spot and allowed to take exercise first none of them will ever get back to their homes answered terence they are all brought some hundreds of miles from the interior and would be quickly seized and carried back into slavery were the attempt to be made they will be sent to sierra leone or some of them may find their way to liberia a colony established some years ago for liberated blacks from the north american states adair was giving desmond further information on the subject when pedro put his head in at the door senhor capitan i want to have one word with you he said putting his finger to his mouth you be on the watch i heard things said by the people in de boats and i make sure they come off and take all de slaves away and knock you and your people on de head hist hist don't let my comrades know i tell you or dey cut my throat as sure as i now a living man no time to lose adair asked pedro further questions but he could elicit no more information pedro was evidently in a hurry to be gone and again making a sign to show that caution was necessary he stole forward keeping close under the bulwarks as if afraid of being observed the information pedro has given us must not be neglected observed adair he may be mistaken but if the brazilians think that they can get hold of the slaves they will try to do so without scruple and will cut the throats of every one of us should they find it necessary to carry out their object go and turn out our people and i will have a talk with snatchblock on the subject desmond making his way forward roused up the prize crew cautiously awaking each man separately so that the slavers people should not hear them adair followed him on deck and told snatchblock what he had heard well sir to my mind the first thing we have to do is to secure the brazilian fellows we have on board for if we are attacked by their friends from the shore as pedro thinks likely we shall have them maybe playing us some trick answered ben either they will let the slaves loose and set them up to murdering us or if they can get hold of arms they will set on us themselves should they see a chance of helping our enemies adair thought ben's advice good and told him to get a sufficient number of lengths of rope to secure the fellows this was quickly done and adair and his men went into the berth and soon had all the brazilians secured almost before they were awake he had pedro lashed like the rest adair whispered however into his ear that he did so for his own sake as should he be suspected of having given the englishman information he probably would be murdered by his countrymen pedro indeed seemed perfectly satisfied to be so treated they no countrymen of mine though he answered in a low voice they brazilians i true-born portuguese well whatever you are i am much obliged to you and hope to reward you some day for the assistance you have given us answered adair i should have taken the fellow to have a larger share of negro than white blood in him by his looks observed adair to desmond as they went aft however i really believe that he is honest and we should not despise his warning he had all the arms and ammunition to be found on board collected each of his crew being provided with a musket and a brace of pistols in addition to their cutlasses he and desmond also armed themselves a dozen spare muskets which he had carefully looked to and loaded were arranged some aft others midships and forward there were also two small brass guns used for signals rather than defence no shot however could be found for them so he sent a couple of men to collect all the nails and scraps of iron they could find in the carpenter's storeroom 
they will make cruel wounds but it will be the fellow's own fault if they venture to attack us should some of them stick in their bodies he observed as the guns were loaded a dozen boarding pikes were also found and served out to the men i rather suspect that these weapons will prove more serviceable in the hands of our stout fellows than muskets or pistols which take time to load observed adair they may serve us in good stead should the brazilians attempt to climb up the side these arrangements being made adair and desmond returned to the cabin to finish their supper which they had just begun when pedro came to them don't you think after all that that portuguese fellow may have been trying to frighten us for some object of his own perhaps to ingratiate himself into your favour asked desmond no no i think not answered adair the brazilians have played similar tricks on captured vessels before in this very port and they are capable of any atrocity there was an old friend of mine named wacy a capital fellow kind-hearted and brave as true a man as i ever met with we were shipmates for a short time on the coast of africa rogers and murray knew him well and liked him as much as i did he was one of those quiet unpretending characters who don't know what is in them except to those with whom they are intimate we chased and captured a small schooner with a hundred and fifty slaves on board he was put in charge of her with ten hands and directed to take her to sierra leone we having received on board her former crew that he might not be troubled with them soon after he parted company from us a heavy gale sprang up from the eastward and he was blown off the land the schooner one of those slightly put together craft built expressly for slavers sprang a leak and the water gained so fast on them that it was as much as the crew with a few of the blacks who were to be trusted could do to keep her afloat his only chance of saving the lives of his crew and himself as well as of the blacks was to run for the brazilian coast the schooner was also short of provisions and water and had he attempted to beat up for sierra leone he knew that most of the blacks must perish even if he contrived to keep her afloat the weather in no way moderated and though he set an example to his men by taking his turn at the pumps all hands working with a will he scarcely expected to get across the atlantic still by attending to the unfortunate blacks and by allowing a few to come on deck at a time he managed to keep them alive at length when he was about a week's run from bahia he fell in with an american brig he having hoisted a signal of distress the american hove to and he went on board her he explained his condition to the master who seemed to be a well-disposed kind-hearted man well i have no objection to receive you and your white crew on board my vessel said the master but as to the blacks i can have nothing to do with them they must sink or swim if they can what you don't suppose that i would desert the unfortunate wretches exclaimed wacy indignantly well they are but negroes and it is a fate which befalls many of them they seem born to it answered the master coolly i am much obliged to you for your offer to receive me and my people though i cannot accept it if we are lost our deaths will be at your door that won't be a pleasant recollection for you said wacy cannot help it mr lieutenant answered the skipper the blacks as i say must take their chance and it seems to me that if you and your men refuse to come aboard my brig when i offer to receive you that your deaths will be at your own door i would rather die than desert the unhappy blacks and i believe that my men will stick by me answered wacy now captain i tell you what i will do i have a fortune of seven thousand pounds and on the word of a british officer and you will take that i hope i will put it in black and white that i will pay over every farthing if you will receive the blacks on board and carry them to the nearest port you can make come that is a better freight than you have every day for your brig i suspect 
the skipper thought a minute then shook his head no if you were to give me twenty thousand pounds down on the nail i could not take the negroes aboard my brig they would pollute her we should probably have a fever breakout or if we escaped that every man of my crew would leave her directly we entered port in vain wasey endeavoured to persuade the skipper to alter his resolution he was determined not to take the negroes on board at length wasey saw there was no use in pressing him further perhaps the skipper thought that he might never touch the seven thousand pounds but i can answer for it and so would every one who knew wasey that he would have religiously paid it to the last farthing you have made up your mind not to receive the blacks and i have made up my mind not to desert them said wasey wishing him good-bye a prosperous voyage to you and i can only say that i hope for your sake as well as ours that we may manage to get the schooner into bahia i should not wish to have my conscience troubled as yours will be if you hear that we are lost having purchased all the provisions and water the american could spare wasey returned to the schooner and made sail for the westward while the american vessel stood away on her course he divided the water and most of the provisions he had obtained among the starving blacks and their strength renewed they were able to assist better at the pumps than they were before still the powers of all on board were taxed to the uttermost every one however knew that their lives depended on their exertions and worked away till they were ready to drop they could just keep the schooner afloat and that was all the wind continued fair and by the time the last drop of water was expended and the farina and other food for the blacks was used up they made this port of bahia wasey now hoped that his chief troubles were over the blacks had got to trust him and so when the schooner was brought to an anchor they willingly laboured as before to keep her afloat believing that all was right he went on shore to communicate with the authorities leaving the quartermaster in charge of the schooner the officials detained him for some time and sent him first to one person and then to another thus keeping him employed till nightfall at last he pulled off to the schooner there she lay all right and he hoped to be able to get the leak stopped and to carry the poor blacks to sierra leone where they could be set free when he stepped on board he inquired if all had gone well during his absence yes sir was the quartermaster's answer some brazilian officers came off in a number of boats and told me that they had been sent to land the blacks as all seemed right i did not prevent them from coming on board at once ordering the blacks up they made every one of them get into the boats which at once pulled away up the harbour the officers were very polite and seemed to be doing everything regular though i was just a little suspicious when i saw three large boats full of men with a good number of muskets among them close to us watching as it were how matters were going when the boats with the blacks on board pulled away they followed and no one since then has come near us i hope it's all right sir right exclaimed wasey feeling confident that he had been duped i am afraid that it's very wrong i have made every arrangement with the authorities to have the blacks housed on shore while the schooner is under repair and to receive them back whenever i may wish and i cannot understand how any government officers should venture to take them off till my return next morning he went on shore when the authorities declared that they knew nothing of the matter he then found that some fellows dressed up as officers had been sent off by slave dealers to play the trick and get possession of the unfortunate negroes in vain he endeavoured to regain them not a particle of information could be obtained as to where they had been carried except that they had probably been immediately disposed of over the country thus after his noble self-sacrifice and the exertions he had made to save the lives of his black-skinned fellow-creatures he had the mortification to find that they had been carried off into slavery and that he had nothing but the bare hull of the schooner for his pains yes by the by 
he had more than that he had the satisfaction of his own conscience and that was worth having i did not hear the account from himself but i got it from one of the men who was with him i am pretty sure that i am right in all particulars now let us go on deck and hear what report snatchblock has to make perhaps after all pedro may be mistaken and we shall not receive a friendly visit as he expects from the slavers however we will take care not to be the victims of a trick like that played on wacy anything stirring snatchblock asked adair as he and desmond went on deck nothing that i can make out sir except that a little time back a small boat pulled across our bows and returned to the shore we were all at the time as quiet as mice when the cat is about and maybe the fellows in her thought that we were keeping no watch aboard the brigantine we will show them that we are wide awake enough if they come off to play us any trick answered adair laughing he found his men sitting down with their arms by their sides ready for action and felt satisfied that they would do their best to beat off any enemies who might attempt to take the vessel End of chapter twenty part one